0: Are you tired of spending your time and money chasing strategy after strategy only to discover what worked 10, 5, or even 2 years ago is not working now? Things shift fast in the online space, and if you're not keeping up, you're getting left behind. It's time for something different. Welcome to the Marketing, Media, and Money Podcast, where every single episode will be jam packed with proven profitable strategies behind the scenes secrets and what's working now resources from industry experts and global influencers to help you scale your business shorten your learning curve and stand out in a crowded noisy marketplace and now your host award-winning marketing and media strategist and international speaker patty farmer
1: Everyone and welcome to today's episode of the Marketing, Media, and Money podcast. I'm your host Patty Farmer, and I'm looking forward to sharing another amazing industry expert with you today. And I love the topic that we're going to talk about today, and I love our expert as well, and you will too. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Ellen Goodwin, and she is an author, speaker, and an all-around rock star productivity expert. She has recently released her first book. Done, how to work when no one is watching, designed to help entrepreneurs overcome procrastination, build stronger habits, and be more focused. Ellen believes that when it comes to productivity, there is no one size fits all solution, which is why she advocates for experimentation to find the tools and techniques which will work seamlessly with your life and your business, no matter what you want to accomplish. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Ellen. Oh, thank you, Patty, for having me. I'm excited to talk. I really love the whole topic of productivity because I always like to say all the time, and I tell my clients all the time, there's activity and there's productivity and they're not the same thing, right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I absolutely love that. So before we get started, I know that everyone has a story. And what I really love to know is how did somebody get to what they're doing now? Like when you I mean, really, honestly, you are super focused, love what you do, very passionate about it. I know. That's why I asked you to be on my show. You didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, I think I'll be a productivity expert, right? There was some kind of aha moment that got you there. So will you share that with us?
2: Absolutely. For years, 20 of them or more, uh, I was an advertising creative. I had my own business. I worked out of my house. So I I worked when no one was watching. And I had to teach myself how to do that. And I'd like to say, oh, I was awesome at it. But um, there came a point in time where I fell down the procrastination hole. And there was no, I had no accountability. Again, no one was watching. I I could do my work at midnight if I wanted. And uh, I started missing deadlines, which, as as you know, clients don't really appreciate. I missed deadlines, I lost clients, and I almost lost my business because of it. And it was at that point that I sat down and had a little talk with myself about, you know, I'm I'm a smart businesswoman. This is silly. Why am I going to lose my business just because I'm procrastinating? And it was at that point that I decided I was going to figure out why I procrastinated. I was going to do a deep dive into looking at what caused procrastination, how I can overcome it, what I could be doing. And through a lot of education, a lot of research, training, I came up with systems and tools that I started using that got me back on track. Clients noticed, friends noticed, family noticed. People started asking me, what was I doing? And then how could I help them? And that's how a new business for me was born. I took all of the things I had learned hands-on working while no one was watching and put them together into systems, into tools that I could share with other people. And here I am now getting stuff done
1: every day. That really makes a lot of sense. I think that there's a lot of things that we do that stand in our way and cause roadblocks. You know, I know for me, that the number one thing that stops me from being as productive as I can be is that there's just certain things that I don't like to do. And the number one thing, which you'll laugh because, you know, (laughs) I publish a magazine, is I just don't like to write. And I know that's really funny that I publish a magazine, but I don't write the whole magazine, right? So the thing is, that is something that I struggle with. You know, I do it, but it is something I work at because it doesn't come naturally easily for me. And so I do have to work at it. So I have to make myself do it. I have these little things that I do to make myself do it. But you know what? I also, this year, did something pretty bold for me. I made the decision to give myself permission to not blog anymore. Like I used to try to blog too. And I just yeah. hated every single thing about it. You know, whenever say, like, oh, you need to do this and you need that, you need to do this. And I just really realized that, you know what? I'm the CEO of my company and I don't like to do it. And I'm not going to. Like, and I have to tell you, my income didn't go down. My income went up because all of a sudden I was getting other things done because I wasn't spending so much time trying to do something that I really didn't want to do. And it was really kind of funny. And so, you know, I've hired a copywriter when I need to for things that I need to have done, you know, like sales pages, et cetera. But I have to tell you, I think that part of it for me to be productive is to stay in my brilliance and hire other people to work in theirs.
2: And I see nothing wrong with that because it's hard for us to do the stuff we don't like to do. And just like you found out if you're if you can delegate and and push off what you don't like to do you're going to be so much better at what you like to do that you'll be happier you'll and more will get done. There's always somebody that can do what you don't like to do and they love to do it. So you found that out.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense, too. And I think that, you know, there's always things that stand in our way, right? And so I know for me, you know, I laughed. I, I took your quiz on your thing. I'm an action dominator. So I love that. But <laughs> I had to learn to be productive, right? I really did have oh, yeah. to learn what works for me. And, you know, I have squirrel just like everybody else. I prefer to call it brilliant idea syndrome. But um, <laughs> that's my word for it. But I do know that when I need to get things done, you know, it used to be funny because it used to be a plus for people to be able to say that you were, you know, multitask, right? You could do that. Now it's not so important. Now people want you to be able to focus, right? So the thing for me is I literally do have a timer and when I need to get something done, I block time. I I can do anything for 10 minutes, right? Yes. So I can, you know, block the time that I need to do when I need to get things done. And I know when to turn things off, like when to turn off my notifications. And I know that, you know, there's certain things like social media, you know, and not all social media, but there's certain things that can do that for me. I kind of used to call Pinterest Facebook for weekends. Now <laughs> I actually use Pinterest for business. And so really honestly, I think that you just have to learn. And the thing that I love. Love, love is how you advocate for experimentation. Like, you have to find your thing. Somebody can't come out and say, Oh, you need to do this. And you're like, Oh, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Because if you already knew that, you would have already done that. Right. You know, so it's really like that is so great to find what works seamlessly with your life. I think that is really the key. So, let's talk about that first. So, really, we know procrastination is really what stops us from being productive. But What are some different types of procrastination? Like, you know, how many types are there in your opinion? And like, what are some of them? Do they seem to fall in? Are there some really, really common ones that pretty much most people fall into? We
2: have a procrastination when we have trouble getting started on things. And a lot of times this has to do with things we don't like to do, things we're not good at, you know, just like you were talking about writing. And so we have trouble getting started. And you know, and sometimes it's stuff that could be really good for us, but we just don't want to leave our comfort zone. One of the reasons we procrastinate is basically in our head, in our brain, in our limbic system, which is part of your midbrain, that's the oldest part of your brain. And that's where your fight or flight response lives. And I would call that the little three-year-old in your brain, because that three-year-old wants to be comfortable. It doesn't want to do the things it doesn't like to do. It's like a a little kid in the grocery cart at the store screaming, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And so what happens, especially with this trying to get started and the three-year-old in your brain doesn't want to do it, you have got to be smarter than that three-year-old. You've got to work around the three-year-old and sometimes work with it. So when you've got an issue getting started, a lot of times what works best is just to eliminate any choices. So you just get started without having to tell yourself, oh, I'm going to start. So uh, let me explain what that would look like. Let's say you have five things that are low value or they're, not, they're things you don't want to do. Rather than procrastinating by looking at the list and going, oh, I could do this one or this one, you know, all you're doing is procrastinating more, wasting time, Right. So what you can do is you can just number each of those things. So let's say you have five of them. You number, and then you take a dice, just one die, and you roll it. And whatever number comes up, that's the one that you have to do. You've eliminated choice. You've eliminated anything that that three-year-old can say, eh, I don't like those things, and you've got it started. You can also do this by writing your, your things down on slips of paper fold them up, put them in a bowl, and just pull them out. You just get started. The other thing you can do when you've got things like this that you don't want to do is just pick a place and start. It doesn't have to be perfect because perfectionism is one of the ways that we procrastinate on getting started. So I totally um,
1: get that. When I was blogging, right, when I uh-huh. was blogging, I used to tell myself, okay, I just don't want to sit down and write that blog. So what I would do is I would say, okay, what I'm going to do then is I'm just going to sit down and write 10 blog topics.
0: And then one day
1: I would be like, I'm just going to write 10 blog titles, (laughs) right? You know, I would just do that kind of thing. So that wasn't as much. And then once I had that, my brain would kind of just be thinking about it in my head. And then I would just come back and I would literally have word docs with the topic and title on it. And every time Uh I had a thought about it, I would just go down and write on there the thought. And then pretty soon I'd sit down, I'd have all these thoughts on there. And then I just had to kind of put it together. That really worked for me. I mean, it seemed like a much longer process than somebody just sitting down, but it was much less scary for me, really. I just, you know, and it was a way to get it done before I finally just made the decision. that Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And sometimes choosing the most minimum thing you can do but that still moves you forward like writing blog headlines is genius and it works for you. And and that goes back to where I talk about experimenting because you know, for you that works and for someone else that might just feel like, you know, putting pins under their fingernails, but for you, that's moving you forward and that's a great way to do it. Especially when you're, you're having trouble getting started. Another way we always procrastinate and everyone has this issue and you touched on this earlier is distractions and we have two different kinds of distractions we have uh unanticipated distractions you know the the phone calls the the people stopping in the email where you have to do something right away and then the distractions of choice which would be like you talked about pinterest distractions that you enjoy maybe it's checking the news maybe it's popping, and I use quotations, uh, popping into Facebook or Instagram. We have distractions that we don't expect and distractions that we enjoy. And what we need to do is to minimize distractions as much as we can. Every time we get distracted, it's a moment of choice. And eliminating moments of choice is one of the ways we can stay on track. Now, a moment of choice would be, I get a notification on my phone. Do I pick it up? Or do I keep working for my set period of time? Let's say I've I've set a focus time for half an hour and halfway through, I, I see a notification. Number one, I shouldn't have had my phone near me while I was doing a timed focus session. But this is a moment of choice. Do I look at the phone? Because I pick up that phone and once I've looked at the notification, what happens? You kind of go, oh maybe I should check something else. And then you are right down the rabbit hole. So eliminating distractions is one of the key ways you can beat procrastination. And you know, we all know the ones of just turning off your phone, putting your phone in another room. If you're working on on the computer, blocking all the sites that you know are going to bother you. And there's so many programs out there. I personally use self-control on my computer and it allows me to block The sites I know are distracting and I can block them from anywhere from 15 minutes to 24 hours. And once I blocked them, there's absolutely no way for me to get back to them until time runs out. You can use them on your phone. Forest and Flora are two that you decide how long you're going to focus. And by focus, I mean how long you're going to be off your phone. And as long as you don't pick the phone up and, go over to any other app or any other program, a tree grows, a little virtual tree. And the whole idea is that you grow a forest. And that forest is how many times, how many sessions you have just put your phone down and not interacted with it. A couple other ones, and I'll make sure that you have these, Patty, for the show notes, Siempo and Flipped. And these are for your phone and they will block your phone. And um, I am not affiliated with these at all. It's just blockers that I know are really important. Now, the best way that you can overcome distractions is with a human element, and that is through accountability. Having somebody that knows what you're supposed to be doing, whether it's social accountability through uh, Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers is like the original social accountability. You would show up at a meeting and right away, you'd know whether you gained weight or lost weight. And the whole group, not that they saw you get weighed in, but they knew. And it was a group that the idea to hold you together. And Facebook groups do that. Instagram groups do that. LinkedIn. You can do, you can reach out to somebody in a group and say, hey, I need to get this done and I have to have it done by three o'clock. Please check in with me or I'll check in with you. But accountability makes it hard to say, yeah, you know what, I wanted to get those 10 blog posts done and yeah, I got on Pinterest and whoops, all the time is gone. Accountability is a great one to to really keep you on track. A lot of the coaching I do is accountability coaching. You could call it nagging, but it's keeping track of where people are and making sure they don't get distracted.
1: It totally does. I tend to love using the reward system for myself. And Uh so for example, um, I'll be authentic here and just say that Mm -hmm. uh, for about, oh, I don't know, 30 years now, I still watch and record General Hospital. So um, (laughs) every morning I have a list of absolutes that I have to do. And I don't allow myself like that night, you know, when I'm done, mm-hmm. I want to watch my soap opera. And if I didn't get those absolutes done, I don't get to watch my soap opera. I mean, it's like, That's <laughs> okay. I mean, so I don't, I want to, you know, I've done it with, the voice, you know, bachelor, whatever, whatever the thing is that it is, you know, anybody can do with whatever it is their thing is, but that is my downtime reward. And if I didn't do what I was supposed to do, then, um, you know, what I decided I was supposed to do, right? This right. is my absolutes, like I'm in control, I'm the CEO. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're the CEO, you're the CEO of your calendar, right? So oh, wow. um, I, I think that's really, really important. And so I have found that, you know, that's, A reward system really works for me of what, you know, I get to do. When I do it in projects, when I have a whole project, I reward myself with things like, you know, having a massage or whatever. But I actually find for me that I like the reward system. Different people will like different things, but rewarding myself really works for me.
2: Yep. That's just, it's part of the experimentation. And, you know, distractions of choice that I was mentioning earlier, again, like the distractions that you really enjoy One of the things you can do is you can make them awkward. The performance of your your distraction of choice, make it awkward so you don't get all comfortable and lose track of time. In my book, I, I describe during election seasons, and it doesn't matter what sort of election, I become this huge news junkie. And I have it set up that... If I want to check the news, I only have a short time that I can do it. Usually, I, I will set alarms on my phone. Let's say an alarm starts at 11 and I work till 11:55, so there's another alarm. 11:55 to 12 o'clock is the only time I can look at the news. And then it's not like I can just sit at my big screen computer and look. I have to put it on my iPad, and I have to walk back and forth while I'm looking at the news for that five minutes. So I don't get comfortable, I recognize exactly what I'm doing, I have an external alarm that goes off that tells me, boop, time's up, and you have to get back to work. So um, making things awkward and giving them a schedule are randomly interesting ways
1: to block distractions. And I think it works in life things too, not just business, because I know for me that I had this, I acquired this habit, it wasn't even a habit I ever had before but I acquired a bad habit of eating at my desk. Mm. And so when I really started eating more healthy, I realized that when I'm eating at my desk, I'm not paying attention to how much I'm eating and what I'm eating. right? Right. And so I finally told myself, okay, so here is my thing. So I am the CEO of my calendar. So now I block out 45 minutes for me to actually have a lunch break. doesn't take me 45 minutes, but I block out that 45 minutes. And now I am able to, I make myself go eat lunch at the table, (laughs) like at the table. And at first I didn't want to make myself do it. But what I do is I bring a book with me. And so I have that alarm set. And so now I know that I can eat my lunch. I don't get to pick my book up until I'm done. And then when I'm done, I get to read, you know, until the alarm goes off and then I put it down and I go back to work. So it really, you know, I am really good at forcing myself to do stuff. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> right. But, um, but I have really found that it is pretty productive for me. And I have to tell you, I had this, I tell my clients, they would say to me, Oh, Patty, you know, I'm doing all this. I'm working so hard. You know, when I, when they first hire me, right. And they'd say, yeah. I'm just not really making any money. I'm like, well, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And so one of the things that I tell them to do As I said, you just need to go to Google and print out a blank calendar and the kind that doesn't have the month on it, the kind you actually have to print the number, you know, write the number yourself and you need to put that in there. And then on every day on the bottom left corner, you need to write how much money you made that day. Like how much money did you make that day? Now we all know that sometimes, you know, you make money and you don't get paid right then, right? You know, it's, yeah. and then on the right corner how many sales calls or whatever, depending upon what you do, you did that day. Because here's what happens. I know that way back in the beginning of my business, when I first started working from home instead of in an office, I remember that I would tell my husband at the end of the week, I was like, oh my gosh, I had such a hard week. I worked so hard, blah, 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 blah. And then I didn't make any money. Once I started logging how many revenue generating activities I did and started seeing how much money in the corner, when the end of the week came and you didn't make any money, You have to ask yourself, well, how much work did you really do that was revenue generating? And so that taught me a lesson and I teach it to my clients too. Every day I start my day working for my number one client and that's me. And the first five things I do every day have to be revenue generating activities. So there's now money now and there's more money later, but it has to be something that generates revenue. In the afternoon when I'm not as fresh, right? Because I'm, for me, it's all about what is for you. Like some people, their most creative time may be in the afternoon. For me, it's in the morning after I've had a few cups of coffee. In the afternoon, I kind of do the admin things, right? But Uh my revenue generating time is in the morning. And so people have to know that about themselves. But once they have to look at it and track it and they see hey, if you're not making any money at the end of the week, don't be blaming it on, oh, this isn't right, my funnel's not working, blah, blah, blah. The reality really is that you just haven't had good habits. Yes, and that brings us
2: to the last type of procrastination I wanted to talk about, and that is when things are far away, far away deadlines, exactly what you're talking about. If you want a, a full bank account, that's not something that's going to happen today. That's, that's further away. And, and tracking it is genius. That's totally the genius way to do. The problem we all have is we all have this cognitive bias, which is called hyperbolic discounting, which you know, basically comes down to, do I want $1 today or $2 tomorrow? And, and it's you know, like you're talking about, okay, you know, do I want to work today or, or maybe I'll work tomorrow? Do I want to lose 20 pounds, but I want this donut today and I'll be better tomorrow. So we're all kind of familiar with that, right?
1: That's right. We're all used to every time you fall off the wagon, I always tell my husband that every time you tell yourself you're going to eat healthy and then you eat one thing bad, instead of just like eating that, if you did, and then just saying, oh, I'm just going to move forward, what ends up happening is if that's Wednesday or whatever, it's like, oh, I'll start again on Monday. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know why everybody thinks they have to start every new project on Monday. But oh, like, you know what? Wednesdays work for starting projects. Thursdays work just as well. You don't have to wait till Monday to start every project. Right. You want, yeah. And so, so
2: when you've got these things that you've got these far away deadlines, it's, it's hard to keep them in the front of your mind. You need, you need to make them concrete because we can't, we can't see ourselves, let's, I'll go back to the. hey, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. I can't see myself 20 pounds lighter. I can't see myself 90 days down the road with this much in receivables and this much in the bank because I'm here. I'm not 90 days down the road. But like you said, if you track it, if you figure out a way to track whatever it is you're doing, you're going to keep that in the front of your mind. Much the same as you were talking about your calendar. I have right now on my refrigerator, it's a blank calendar page printed out. I put the month on it. I put in the dates and each block is divided into four. And I have four things that I'm tracking. You know, one of them is like I'm eating four vegetables a day and another is practicing Spanish. So each day I do those, I get a sticker and it's a cheesy Little like educational sticker that says, You did it. But my goal is four stickers for each day. So, you know, 28 is the number that I'm trying to hit for each week seven days, four, four, star, four stickers. But it's a challenge and it's keeping me on track because I, I never want to look at a square and have no stickers. So it's keeping things in front of you and finding the ways to make it concrete. Uh, A lot of people have heard, probably heard about the whole idea of don't break the chain, which is every time you do what you're supposed to do on the calendar, you put a big red X. Originally, it was attributed to Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian, uh, but they talked to him about it and he's like, ah, don't do that. I never did it. I didn't invent it. But it is just keeping things in front of you in a concrete way is the way that you can keep on track. And not procrastinate on things you're working on that are way down the road.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense, though. You know, I know a lot of time went into really people really getting into that eat that frog, right? When that book Uh came out, that was like a really big thing. I kind of really liked the concept of that, right? But I have to tell you, when I'm the most creative in the morning, while I do see the benefits of getting that done first, To me, it was like once I did that, that would have zapped everything for me and I wouldn't be creative anymore. So that didn't work for me. But, um, and not only that, but I'm a list person and there's just something super exciting about seeing things checked off a list. So I just, (laughs) you know, I I just really love that. So it really, you know, it's it's like what you said, it's the experimentation that you really have to be able to do it. So what would you say? You know, we all have these like obstacles or roadblocks that are in our way. Uh What would you say are some common obstacles or roadblocks that people put in their way that stop themselves from being productive or even embracing it?
2: Well, I think the number one thing is that they don't plan for the obstacles. Because really, there's so many things that we do that have been done before us. We're not reinventing the wheel. And we can look ahead and go, oh, I might encounter this, or this could happen. Let me think now how I would deal with it. And that doesn't mean it's going to happen. It just means that you have a plan. I I call these if-then plans. They're implementation intentions. When this happens, this is how I will respond. So if I'm introducing a new a new program, let's say, in business, so, and, and I'm, I'm announcing it to the world. And if I announce it and I get no response, then I am going to do this. Because if you don't know ahead of time what, how you would respond, that's going to put you just dead in the water. So I think knowing, thinking about what obstacles you could encounter, that's going to prepare you and it's going to prevent you from procrastinating. Just like you were talking about, you know, you, you eat the wrong thing and I, it's on Wednesday and okay, Monday I'll come back. No, you you said it. If I ate junk food at lunch, then instead of waiting till next Monday, then I'm going to have a salad for dinner, take a walk after dinner and go back on my schedule tomorrow morning.
1: And then so, there's also like planning for it, like what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I know when the holiday season's here or like certain things, you know, like, valentine's day you know halloween you know there's going to be candy and there's going to be all these things and maybe that is something that you don't want to be eating you're going to go to a christmas party i mean for me i planned for those things by eating before i went so i actually wasn't hungry so i wouldn't be so tempted right you know i usually talk to the person and you know or brought something that i knew that i could have you know or whatever so there's always ways that i think that you can plan ahead yeah, sometimes not. And you get blindsided and then you just have to make better choices, whether it's in life or business, things happen. Yeah. You can plan this whole day and then the phone rings and you know, your clients have an emergency, like you can't a lot for every single thing. You yeah. have to learn how to be able to go with the flow sometimes. So here's my next question. What would your advice be to somebody brand new? So a brand new entrepreneur or business owner. So either, you know, they bought a business or a business owner now, maybe they transitioned out of corporate and now they're an entrepreneur. And we all know that in the beginning, everybody gets so excited, like you said earlier, about that freedom of, oh, now I'm my own boss, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, being an entrepreneur means I just gave myself permission to work harder than I've ever worked, right? So <laughs> um, so the reality really is they have to. we have to find that. So I know that the answer to this question is your book, and we're going to talk about your book in a second. But other than your book, what would your advice be to somebody brand new if this is the situation and they already know that they really suck at this right what would be like the first things that you would tell them to do they suck at at productivity yeah they're just like I just know that my time I love time freedom being able to do what I want (laughs) you know I think that people do that and here's a an example is one of the things that I love is you know It's true. When we're entrepreneurs, we do give ourselves permission and we did get in business so that we could design the lifestyle we want to live. That being said, you still have to be able to afford that lifestyle, right? So one of the things that I always find interesting is when summer comes, you know, I'm usually like, okay, so who's really working, you know, (laughs) in the summertime and (laughs) their kids are home. and and, And a lot of times, you know, I really have to, I start noticing that I don't have kids at home anymore, but I do notice that there's a real lag time in the summertime when people have summer fever, right? You know, and Mm -hmm. so really, honestly, there's some things. So what kind of advice would you give? So like, where should they start when they're like, okay, I realize that, you know, I kind of suck at managing my time. I'm not as productive as I need to be, or I just transitioned out of corporate and now I'm working for myself for the first time and I now own my calendar. What do I need to know to make myself be good from the beginning? I
2: would say block out time, because all of a sudden, if you're in an environment that it's not, for lack of a better word, regulated, you don't have that sort of ebb and flow through the day of how you know, let's say, when you're in a, working in a business, there's a certain, certain flow to the day, and all of a sudden, you're in a situation where there is no flow. So it's just this wide open territory from the moment you start to the end of the day. And so you have that feeling like, oh, I've got all day to do this. I would break the day up. I would set timers. Um, I'm a huge, obviously, if you can't tell, huge proponent of timers. And whether that's you set 45 minute work block with a 15 minute break, or you set a series of 10 minute work blocks where you just blast through small tasks and then take two-minute breaks in between, all of that gives you structure to your day. And with structure comes productivity. So I would say build in structure. That Just like building a building, you have to put the structure there or you're not going to have anything.
1: Well, that's really good. I love that. So let's talk about the book. I love (laughs) the book. I love the name. I think it's absolutely fabulous. So tell us about the book.
2: So the book is done, how to work when no one's watching. And it goes through a lot of things that we talked about today. Productivity, a much deeper dive, obviously. Goes through procrastination, habits, focus. Uh, We get into uh, really talking about the difference between action and motion, which is huge when it comes to getting things done. Our brain is sees motion and action as the absolute same thing when they couldn't be more different. Motion is writing a to-do list and your brain sees that as, oh my gosh, look at how much we've gotten done. And really all you've done is put together a list. You may have been doing it by hand on a piece of paper, you may have been doing it on the computer, you may have been doing it on the phone, but you haven't done anything but put that list together. Action Is when you start moving on each of those things. I liken it to the idea let's say you've decided to get your office in order and your office is a huge mess. So you decide to go to the container store and get some cute things to put papers in and new folders and files. And oh, while you're there, you might as well get a new lamp. You come (laughs) home and you're like, ah, look at how much I've done. You haven't done, you've been in motion. Motion is that's all you've done. Action is when you start picking up those papers and you're filing and throwing them away and you are actually moving towards that desk getting cleaned off and your office being in better shape. So motion and action, we we deal with that a lot in the book. And one of the things that I talk about is action plans and the importance of having an action plan. And there's several different kinds that that are discussed in the book. Uh, But basically, an action plan comes down to knowing what you want to accomplish, how you plan to go about it, setting up if-then plans, like I talked about earlier, what you're going to do when you encounter an obstacle, how you're going to overcome it, what sort of deadlines you're working with, and you'll appreciate this, Patty, what sort of reward you're going to get when you're done. Yes. And, then, <laughs> and uh, we, the final chapter of the book, we talk about goals and how uh, smart goals, which everyone talks about, how smart goals need a total rewrite, because there's two parts of it that I think are stupid (laughs) when it comes to achieving goals. And I give an idea of why and what you should do to make them stronger. And then uh, there's a fast action guide at the end of the book, which has questions, uh, productivity questions, and it tells you like, exactly where to go. Let's say you're in a hurry and you're having a problem. You look at the question it says here, go to this page, this page, this page. And there's a full resource guide of all sorts of apps and tools. It's a lot.
1: <laughs> but it's really a helpful book. I love that. Thank you so much. Okay, so how can people connect with you? They can find
2: me at ellengoodwin.com and uh email is just ellen at
1: ellengoodwin.com. Super easy. I love that. Nice and easy. And I'm sure your social media is all there. Every way that they can get a hold of you is on your website, correct? It should be. <laughs> yes, I think it, yes, is. it is. And <laughs> a lot of extra stuff, too. I have to tell you that nice. quiz we were talking about earlier about finding out what kind of superhero you are when it comes to productivity. That was really great. 10 questions summed it up for me. I thought it was really, really interesting and pretty spot on, too. I thought the questions were very, very good. Yeah, some other things that are on there. I have to tell you, I thought uh, I could have really stayed there for a while. It was really, really great. So I love that. And of course, you came to the show Bearing Gifts. I always love that as well. And I know my audience does too. So tell us a little bit about the gift you have for them. Well,
2: there's the quiz on my website. And once you've done the quiz, you probably are thinking, okay, I have some questions. Well, I'd be happy to have you jump on a call with me and we can talk through if you have any questions about your quiz identity. And once you've taken the quiz, you also get a five-day series of action hero ideas to be action hero productivity person.
1: Ooh, that's fabulous. I love that. So now we come to the portion of the show that I like to call Open Mic, my version of social karaoke where I like to ask my, I like to ask my guest what is your number one marketing media and money strategy? So, you know, that is the name of our show is what we're all about. So what is your number one strategy that you would like to share with the audience? I am a big believer in, in focus
2: and quiet time and no distractions. So give yourself every day time for deep focus with no distractions to think about your business, to think creatively of different things you can do or answers to questions that you have about your business. Deep focus is where our brain comes together and gives us the answer.
1: I love that. And I really love that one of the ways I know when I've had conversations with you, you've also shared with me about being helpful to people in online communities. So I think it's really important when you're in online communities to really be thinking about how can you offer help with no expectation i i really loved when you said that i think that really makes a lot of sense and it's something i have certainly done and believe in i truly believe lead with contribution and compensation will follow so i really love that really specifically in online communities absolutely (laughs) so thank you so much ellen i Really look forward to kind of doing a deeper dive into your book. And I really appreciate you coming on the show with me today. Thank you so much, Patty, for having me. I do appreciate it. Thank you. So thank you everyone for listening and taking time out of your day to listen to the Marketing, Media, and Money podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And make sure to join us on Facebook in the Marketing, Media, and Money podcast magazine podcast and events facebook group where you get to get up close and personal with our guests and our magazine authors and columnists as well in our sister publication so thank you so much everybody for being here have a phenomenal day if it's not phenomenal change it
0: thank you for joining us today on the marketing media and money podcast To shorten your learning curve even more, make sure to grab your free copy of the Marketing, Media, and Money magazine at www.marketingmediamoney.com. I promise your business will thank you.